and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM. Or you can subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut album from a Bay Area artist named Sarah Coolidge. Her album is called Call Me When You Get There. It starts out with a song called Greasers. Watching grease every day with my best friend And we're gonna be greasers to the end And I think that you wanna be too Gonna make you feel you're made of nothing I became aware of Sarah Coolidge because being part of the BFF.FM community, I learn about a lot of local artists that I might not otherwise know about. And she came up as one of the best albums that, you know, on some list of local artists. And so I gave it a listen and it stayed in my current rotation for a while. It's just a very, it's a varied album with a lot of heart and a lot of interesting hooky songs. And I like the tone of her voice there was just so much to like about it yeah i'm really impressed this is a first lp after a number of eps and the level of polish here is really remarkable it feels so assured it feels so fully formed as an artistic statement and it has such a great you know i'm generally not a fan of the kind of you know, people describe this, if you, what little there's written about this record out there, describe it sort of Americana sound, but I feel like it's not precious. It just feels earthy in a way that is immediate and real. And the lyrics feel so kind of, yeah, very like this sense of childhood and opportunity and then also pop culture and how screwy it is to just be imbibing something that's maybe problematic. Yeah, a lot of these songs are lyrically very, uh, a little bit opaque, and they're just these little glimpses of relationships and intimate moments, and you don't really get a full picture, but it's like beautiful little jigsaw puzzle pieces that don't always all fit together. Yeah, and there's, again, little moments of lyrics that are very sweet, and it's like, oh, my best friend, we're going to be greasers and it's like it's all very cute and then weird things like i'm gonna i'm gonna make you feel like you're made of nothing is so dark and there are these shadings throughout the song and it's yeah a really kind of fairly mellow bright sounding and yet there is a lot of depth here i think to start off the record and we go from this brightness and welcoming into i think you know, a, a slightly heavier and darker sound and faster uh, on the next track. It's called Immaculate. Call 
yeah i think after we talked on that first track about like the songwriting and the lyricism i think this is a good chance to focus on just instrumentally how strong this record is sarah coolidge is the only credited guitarist and the guitar work here is really solid energetic uh, clear without being antiseptic it has an earthiness but also uh, just it rings brightly again the production from uh, Merrick Long on the guitars at Tiny Merrick Telephone. Merrick Long of the Dodos. Of the Dodos, yeah. Longtime barrier yeah, 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 credited as the engineer for the guitar work here. And so it's it's really fantastic. And also have to mention Tiny Telephone, a really a Bay Area institution. Even though it's John Vanderslice's analog studio, even though he closed the one in San Francisco that was over by... Um, yeah. Uh, what's Petro del Sol. Yeah, Petro del Sol. Yep. Um, there, there's now a tiny telephone in Oakland. The one well. in Oakland going strong and producing fantastic sounding mm-hmm. music here. This guitar work. And yeah, we were a little self-indulgent there to play that guitar solo, but it's so fun and really just carries across uh, that energy. And then the backing band here has the delightfully named Tennessee Maori, who is a multi-instrumentalist on bass, organ, synth, and backing vocals on a number of these tracks. Just a really solid sound. All those organ stings in this track yeah. really punch it up phenomenally. And then Chris Olsen credited on drums. Just The drums are not showy, I don't think, on this record, but they're really solid and propulsive. Yeah, and for I was surprised that there are only three people in this band that are credited with all the instruments because it has such a full sound. Well, again, the things you can do on record, I'd be interested yeah, yeah. to see whether they're live acts, and they play a fair number of shows around the Bay Area. Sadly, I have not caught one yet, but um, yeah, I, I would be interested to see how all that translates. But at least here, it feels, if it doesn't feel like something made in a lab. It feels like it's being played live and energetic and it's so fantastic. I love here that this is, again, a kind of, the energy here is youthful and yet has this, again, a sense of danger in the instrumentals. And even as the lyrics are about, you know, being young and then going to see some fortune teller who's telling you like, oh, you're you're young, you're, you, you, you're perfect, you're immaculate. And then... It, it pivots from that to just uh, this angry and and dirty and scary energy to this yeah, song. Yeah, I don't think you can read anything factual into any of these lyrics oh. because they're, again, very sketched out and vague. Oh, yeah. But yeah, definitely something like weird and dark. Yeah, well, and, and again, that idea of like, I think that contrast and it's sort of, I think it's a nice pairing with greasers, this notion of like youthful innocence and possibility and also youth can be really scary and you're kind of figuring out your own limits and it's... Yeah, so it's full of possibility and full of danger, and it feels very immediate. And yeah, without too many details filled in, to yeah. you know, the corners can be left a little bit foggy. Yeah, the emotional range on this album is really impressive. And so the next song is a, also a very different tone, and it's the title track, Call Me When You Get There.
song and the last one really show the sort of unusual cadence that Sarah Coolidge has in her singing style. It's very distinctive and it's a little bit mesmerizing. It's very like on the beat, like very consciously uh, beat driven. Yeah, this song, I feel like it's very it's a very kind of interesting shift sonically because i felt like the other songs felt very balanced and this one does have i felt like all of the other instrument beside the guitar feel a little more sludged together and just kind of this kind of heartbeat just kind of thunk, thunk, mm-hmm. uh, prope- propelling you through the song and then the guitars are mixed and kind of have an effects pedal that makes them feel super prominent and very spacey so mm-hmm. even though it has her singing has that kind of country Americana tinge to it. The kind of production and songwriting feels more, yeah, a little more spacey. And then that Call Me When You Get There, you know, pretty much it's a pretty long song. It's like four and a half minutes long. The last minute and a half is just kind of her exploring that one sentence, Call Me When You Get There, becomes this mantra. And after these songs that are about sort of like the youth being this conflict between sort of possibility and a sense of danger this song feels a little more like oh things feel more precarious and how oh when once you've grown up a little you actually have to find someone i don't know it just has a sense of reaching out like i i really need to know that you're here like i need to there's i need to have something that i depend on i think there's a lot of nostalgia through all these songs and the cover art kind of brings that together which is it looks like it's a childhood photo in a bedroom with, you know, it's uh, has that look of like 70s Kodachrome. Yeah, very intense colors. Intense and yet very kind of dated looking colors. Yeah. yeah. But I like the ambiguity that she plays on here of the phrase, call me when you get there. And it starts out like, you know, so you don't, you know, call me when you get there. So I know you didn't die in a car crash. And then it's more call me when you get there emotionally or when you like arrive at this place that you aren't at yet. And yeah. like, I don't really have time to wait for you. But I like the the lyrics are very precise and evocative. And there's this sense of nostalgia and moments of the presence and present and feelings without really describing anything concrete. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A a person less astute than you might be very confused about what the song was about. But (laughs) suffice to say. Well, I mean, but that's my point uh, is like, I don't think either of us can say what any of these songs are, quote unquote, about. It just gives you a feeling and she's projecting that feeling through these lyrics yeah that fe- yeah again yeah the, it does have that feeling of yeah you're figuring stuff out and yeah um, we went to see an amazing show john darniel of the mountain goats at grace cathedral last night as part of the noise pop festival and his songs always tell a story and they're about characters and he's also a novelist and i feel like this is at the other end of i'm not telling a precise story i'm creating a vision through words and music that evokes a feeling in the listener which is yeah. A, a, a style I like as well. Yeah, and it yeah it does. It's yeah open to interpretation, but still feels very rooted and uh, and real and visceral. And that real and visceral, I think, would apply to this next song, which takes that sonic palette and really cracks it open in a huge way. It's called Ice Pack.
I love that this track is held back until the fourth song on the record. So we're very much feeling like, oh, we're kind of get the idea of what this band is, what the sound is. And then this like crazy wall of sound shoegaze comes in and I am utterly delighted. (laughs) But then to read that this, I guess, was uh, this one of or perhaps the single from this record. And so it's so not representative of the sound of the rest of the record. I think it's kind of a fun, uh, like, oh, this is very different, very exciting. And again, so visceral that just it's it's like energetic, but there's that that feeling of the pain of like, yeah, you injured your eye. That sucks. Um, but also everybody else got a laugh and it was a good. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, exactly. But these lovely, yeah, lovely stories of like, haha, I burned off one of my eyebrows. It's like it hurt like hell, but it was also funny. And similarly, the the second verse is kind of this entire like memory from grade school. Similarly, like it hurt like hell, but it was funny. And yeah. That... Yeah. it's And I, I, you call this shoegaze. I would disagree. But, and I do think it is consistent. You, you said that it's not representative of the rest of the record. And I actually think it is because her voice has such a distinctive sound that it ties the whole record together well i think that's that is what is so interesting about it that i feel like all of the instruments are super super fuzzed out and washed out in a way that yeah it's i think a shoegaze and then her vocals are still the kind of clear and a little bit folky and so it's and it works Mm -hmm. but sorry we have a puppy who um (laughs) is squeaking toys and barking occasionally yeah it's delightful (laughs) uh but yeah, that I, I like that contrast. But I, I think that to me, the instrumental section, I think it's, yeah, it's it's a Shuga's sec- declaration, but then it says like, and I can still be consistent with the rest of the record in the vocal style, if nothing else. But yeah, I love the texture of sound on this song and the way that the, it's, I think there's like some washout guitars that are in the background. And then I think there's another guitar line that's much more prominent. And just the way that all of the instruments yeah. hang together in this song and the the pace of it, it's I find it really charming. It's my favorite song on the record. Yeah. And to your point about the I, holding the ice back on my eye, it's like it's another song where it's describing these little vignettes of stories where you have to, as the listener, draw out what is this song about. And I take it to be about like when you hurt yourself, but you can kind of laugh about it or, you know, you're you're just holding an ice pack or like you were trying to do something funny, but then you injure yourself, um, you know, emotionally as well as physically. I felt like that was the metaphor. Yeah. And, and, And consistently, I think, you know, the previous title track we played where the calling me when you get there becomes this mantra at the end of the song similarly the end of this song uh, to my eye to my eye becomes the this mantra of just like yeah i'm taking i'm i'm getting through and yeah the the ice pack is applied yeah a lot of these songs have great outros where the instruments just really rock out and we can't really play them in the the time that we're giving each of these songs but obviously we want you to go listen to the whole album get get some good speakers or some good headphones and yeah really enjoy there are some good dynamics where the the wash of sound does get quieter fades in and out and it just gives it more of a rich sense my understanding is that sarah coolidge has played in a lot of different bands before doing her own solo work and everybody who's involved in this record has a long you know has been playing music for a long time and is talented and you really hear that come through in every aspect of this record yeah so after this over the top instruments we go back to i think a little 
more of the tradition, the original sound that we heard at the start of the record and as we enter the middle. What and what I kind of feel is kind of an emotional heart for me personally listening mm-hmm. to the record, and that's with this next track we'll play, which is called Family. I love the instrumentation in this song, but like, man, the lyrics really hit home for me. We, you know, we've been in the Bay Area. I've been in the Bay Area for more than half my life, 30 years now, and in San Francisco for 15 years. And I realized there are so many people, you know, we have a really great community and in something that queer culture brings to San Francisco that is so important is the idea of family of choice and the people in your community being like your true family and I definitely went through a period when I was younger where I realized I had to stop making new friends with people who were planning to have kids because they would always move away eventually to be quote-unquote closer to family and so this song really resonated for me yeah it's such a I mean it's a universal experience of trying to live in the bay area it's tough here uh especially for artists and I'm sure that the pandemic just supercharged that. So given that I think that Sarah Coolidge is in her early 30s. And so, you know, it was already that kind of late 20s is a time when I'm sure there's sort of a call of people are like, yeah, I'm done. I, I'm, And so that to have that hit during a global That's pandemic a point, is like, yeah. oh, this is. Yeah. And so I'm sure it was extra brutal for her. And yet she made it work and stuck it out. But yeah, when I hear that chorus kick in her voice is so powerful the emotion in it i just reduced to a baby hearing that (laughs) it's so intense so that and and to hear also this song where it's yeah i said goes back to this americana sound i like how the bass takes on the melody there's this sort of jaunty yeah. yeah this jaunty bass melody and then the guitars become this you know, a little a hint of that kind of shoegazy sound of just that wall of sound, but it's very high and atmospheric around her just with this earthy plea of like, come on, <laughs> like, aren't I, you know, I'm your family. Why am I, why am I not? I, and yeah, family got nothing on me. But, and I think the guitars do really have just like such a wistful, like country, sli- like sliding sound. And it really hits home. And I think the, 
I take the family's got nothing on me is like the confidence of like, yeah, you can go back to your family and we have this family of choice who like are going to be better than anything that you're going home to. Yeah. So it's, it's bittersweet. But yeah, I like to, yeah, hopefully in the end, a hopeful <laughs> sound. But yeah, to me, again, I think of this as kind of this emotional heart because, yeah, it's that real tough of you know, like trying to make it work, a go of it. And I think it's a wonderful pairing for me with the next track on the record, which I think goes further back to, again, the joy of trying to live in the city. Maybe you're also kind of broke and making it work somehow. It's called Everybody Else's Clothes. family which really hits me in the experience of trying to kind of live in san francisco now everybody else's clothes really takes me back hard to my 20s when i was living in the east bay and kind of in a very uh like the co-op community in brown berkeley which is a lot of people who are really big into thrifting and Mm -hmm. you know creative reuse and hey a couch i found on the street this seems like perfectly good furniture i should have in my apartment Mm -hmm. well that was also in the era before bed bugs were like a really big concern yeah but scabies were definitely a concern and oh we had a few scares Uh, (laughs) and for people who don't know out of the closet is a it's not a chain, but it's a store, a thrift store with a couple different locations in the Bay Yeah, area. I think there's like two or three in the in San Francisco, and then a couple in the East Bay. Mm-hmm. So a real institution, and yeah, give you that local color, and yeah, just that sense of someone who you know recreationally goes and tries things on, and then is not really able to afford even the thrift store clothes, but you know, making it work. I didn't get any yeah. clothes, but I bought some sheets. But this the song is has such a buoyancy to it. It really, I mean. So much of this record is nostalgia and kind of maybe mixed feelings about one's younger self, but also a, a nostalgia for that time. Oh, yeah. I mean, as again, it, it takes me back and everything about that of like, oh, people were like, it was disgusting, like people reusing stuff and that couch was like, shouldn't have been anywhere near it let alone having yeah, sex al- on it but it's <laughs> but also you can get perfectly good things for very cheap at the thrift store exactly exactly and yeah it, it's focusing not on the 
desperation of it, but the the joy of it, like, yes, hey, this is my youth and let's enjoy it. And that, you know, that image of trying to love the candle as it burns. Yeah. And it's it's so evocative and it's yeah, the, the songwriting, both lyrically and musically, it just top top notch across this record. Yeah, and the like the the bass really carries a lot of the emotion, I feel like, in this song. It really lifts up some of the guitar parts that are a little bit more emotionally uh like tug at my emotions a little bit more and like the bass kind of lifts it up yeah for sure this tennessee maori is clearly incredibly talented multi-instrumentalist mm -hmm. and i should uh fortunately with that name it's easy to make sure you're finding that particular artist and he's done others you know solo work and i think you know, was a music major in college, so there's like you can even find stuff about. Hey, here here's his senior thesis project and these songs. So it's uh, you really went deep with the research on. Oh, this. I looked at Google yeah. for a few well, minutes. I, I feel like we often I like to do a lot of research and read a lot of interviews when we talk about albums, and there's just not a lot out there that we can find about Sarah Coolidge. No, I, I love though that it's a mystery and just lets the music stand for its you know stand on its own terms. And fortunately. It's pretty fantastic. There's such great depth there. So it's fun on first listen. And then you hear it, listen a few more times and hear the clever lyrics. And the lyrics are both clever and emotionally affecting. And also just musically, these songs are so well structured. They're definitely often not short. And I think she has, you know, I have a few ideas. And sometimes the songs are just luxuriant and just like, it sounds so nice and there's just these soundscapes you want to live in. And so I, I like that she doesn't always rush to get to the end of the song. And yeah. sometimes that's self-indulgent, but I think here the song sounds so good that it's a good thing. The songs have time to breathe and really bring you into the emotional heart of what she's trying to convey with these songs. And yet the album is relatively short. I think it's 10 songs, uh, maybe like 40 minutes. And yeah. so it, it's, it doesn't overstay its welcome, but it really, you have a feel that she's not hurrying through these songs and they really have time to sink in and give you, give you what they're giving you. Yeah. Just incredibly impressive first record. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so definitely go listen to the whole thing. Again, we've been talking about Sarah Coolidge and her debut LP, Call Me When You Get There. We're going to go out with the last song, which is called Addison. And you've been listening to For the Record. As always, thank you so much for listening. I was born a Leo in the summer of 91. The story goes that I was quite a shock to everyone. Oh my God. Look at that member of the bff.fm podcast network learn more at podcasts.bff.fm bff.fm best frequencies forever